When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you're thinking about jumping out of an airplane, you sweat about it. You think about it. You don't sleep the night before. You get all geared up and you are sweating. You're nervous. You're, and you're sitting at the back of the plane going, am I going to jump? Am I going to jump? And it's just, it's a horrible place to be because your brain hasn't made the decision to jump. Once you jump, guess what? Nothing you can do about it. Your blood pressure goes down. The anxiety goes away. So in any difficult decision, once you've made that leap to the decision, this is in the reality phase, everything gets better. Welcome to the Bombshell Business Podcast, where driven women in business learn how to become more bold, brave, and unwaveringly confident. Feel empowered and challenged through inspiring stories and tell it like it is advice for business, life, and leadership. Welcome or welcome back to the Bombshell Business Podcast. I'm your host, Amber Hurdle. And wow, this energy that we're in right now, this crazy train season that just seems to never end. We just keep trudging through. And I know you've got littles in the background, but I literally just described this to our fantastic guest today as a shiz show over a dumpster fire that we just can't seem to escape. So um, I know that sounds really, really negative, but Today, we're going to speak to an incredibly smart leadership economist who will share how executives and business leaders can be more thoughtful about their organizational and talent strategy by understanding the market forces. Um, I have two girl crushes in the speaking world, um, Lois Kramer, who I've yet to get on the show, and I will, and our guest today. Um, and for so many reasons, I'm just going to read her bio and you're probably going to catch on as to why I admire her so much. So let me tell you about Mary Kelly CSP, which means Certified Speaking Professional, which is not easy to obtain and requires paperwork. Also CPAE, which means she is in the Speaker Hall of Fame. Also, way even harder than CSP to get into. That is like a whole process. You have to be nominated. She's in it. Um, PhD. So she's actually Dr. Mary Kelly. And she is a retired commander in the U.S. Navy. I could just mic drop right there, but I'm actually going to read you her bio. So <laughs> Mary improves productivity and profit growth for medical groups. As a corporate strategist, Mary works with medical teams to make the right decisions to grow their practices. She is a Naval Academy graduate who served 21 years on active duty in intelligence and logistics, girl crush, mostly in Asia, with a PhD in economics, girl crush. Mary taught at the Naval Academy, the Air Force Academy, SMU, and in the Graduate School for CSU, a best-selling author of 15 business and leadership books, including The Five-Minute Leadership Guide, which I own, and Why Leaders Fail, and The Seven Prescriptions for Success. Mary loves travel, coffee, and I can attest to this last one, wine. Welcome to the show, Dr. Mary Kelly. Amber, you are the greatest. And thank you so much for sharing some time with me today. I am excited to bring some tools for your audience. Yes, this uh, the timing is incredible. So I'm, I'm just grateful that you accepted my invite. Um, it's a scary season right now. Um, well, let me reframe that. It's a scary season for people who choose to be afraid. So 
can we just kind of take like a really big step back and get um, what I like to get and like kind of the state of economics, according to Mary Kelly? Sure. So right now, our CEOs are, and it's, um, I work with medical, manufacturing, insurance. The last year, a lot of the medical groups have really struggled um, for a variety of reasons. So for the last couple of years, conversations have been dominated by, of course, you know, the COVID crisis, the pandemic. Six months ago, that was top of mind for CEOs, followed closely by talent acquisition and then the other things they're worried about. Now, interestingly enough, top of mind for CEOs is cybersecurity Mm. because rogue nations um, and by rogue nations, it's all of these geopolitical players who used to kind of fall in line under either Mother Russia or Uncle Sam have all decided to go rogue. And that's the nicest way to say this. Now, this it comes out of I know this is a really big picture. Now it's of, great. Out of um, the tragedy of great power politics, it's Mearsheimer out of the Chicago, the Chicago school. So essentially, you are kept in line by one or the other. You aligned with one or the other. Right now, the geopolitical instability has been compromised again because of the Russian incursion into Ukraine. So we've got the cyber hacking, which is now being endorsed actively by nation states. We've got this incursion into Ukraine, um, the war that started February 24th. By the way, the first ship leaving out of Odessa with grain finally headed into Lebanon, finally left this morning. It's been sitting there since February. Um, So the geopolitical instability is hot. Um, We also, of course, have the talent acquisition issue, which is still there. And CEOs are more and more concerned about the state of the economy. Interestingly enough, the pandemic is not even in the top five anymore. So we thought we were kind of out of the pandemic. And then we got another new wave of COVID. And now we've got the monkeypox, you know, cue the flying monkeys, (laughs) all of that. And then you get down to what people care about. You know, that's a very big macro picture. And on a day-to-day level, 64% of Americans before before January of this year were living paycheck to paycheck. And now we've got inflation at 9.1%, which means that the average American family is now paying an extra $481 out of pocket every month. And if you are already living paycheck to paycheck, this becomes a huge stressor. Now, if you're the boss, you've got all these big picture things going on in your head. And all of a sudden, you've got to manage the very micro issues of your employees who, even though you probably gave them that salary or wage increase of 5.6%, which was average from the last 12 months, they still are going to the store and they're paying more and buying less. And this creates stressors. It creates uncertainty. And both of those means your people are exhausted. They are unfocused. They are not as productive as they should be. And meanwhile, you've got the same stressors on your own family. So there's so much I want to unpack there, but could I also add uh, just to get your perspective on this? So with my clientele, I'm aware that to attract new talent as we're currently sitting at 0.5 applicants per open position, um, active applicants, we should say, not even a whole human. So you're going after these, this very small talent puddle. And so you have increased that, um, the salary that they're getting upon entering your company. Now you have all these other people who have worked here for a while. And for those watching on YouTube, which I know is not many, I'm like doing all these hand motions for why I don't know, because I'm Italian. Um, the, the problem is, is they have these people coming in, they're already paying more. Now they're working on normalizing the pace 
scale to make it right for everyone else. So I feel like there's all this money that keeps needing to come out plus inflation. They're trying not to raise their prices on their customers too much because they're trying to maintain their market share. So they're in the middle of their own stress of like, why does bread cost $4 when it used to cost 99 cents? And then they're trying to maintain their business and they're trying to do what's right by their, their employees and their employees are feeling the pinch. So there's like kind of almost like this animosity towards the employer as if, you know, they're not going through the same things. How do we, how does a leader, I don't want to say save face, but how does a leader ethically do what they need to do for the business while also being responsive to the practical and emotional conditions of their of their team members? Such a great question. And you're absolutely right. This is the challenge right now for leaders and managers. So first off, what you said about, you know, they're trying to hire new people and they've got to pay more money. So here's what was a weird, weird thing that happened. Let's say you had Sally and Jack in your workplace and Jack decides he's going to either take time off, go find himself, get a degree, Um, You hired Jack back a year and a half later and you pay him more. Meanwhile, Sally has stayed there the whole time. She has taken all the slack for Jack. And wait a second, you gave her a little pay increase, but she was doing Jack's job the whole time. She's mad. And if you don't take care of her, she's going to leave you too. And you know what? She has been your loyal worker the whole time. Now, Jack's not a bad guy, but I always get asked, you know, should I rehire my workers who left? And the answer is it depends on why they left. If they left because they were impacted by the fact that they could not go to work and they could, they didn't really have a good remote option because maybe the school systems were shut down for a year and a half and they had nobody to care for their kids. Maybe they were caring for aging parents who maybe got COVID. Maybe they had a situation that mandated that they would have loved to keep coming to work for you. They just couldn't. Then yeah, you hire those people back. If you're hiring back those people who have looked around and said, you know what, I think the grass is greener somewhere Mm -hmm. else. And as we film this, I'm in Colorado, where when you say the grass is greener, it means something completely different. (laughs) They looked around and said, you know, the grass is greener. They tried somebody else. They decided maybe it's not greener. Maybe I want my old job back. See, that's like marrying your ex-husband again. That's right. And, And you have to be really careful about that because even though he says he's changed, he has not changed. So there's there's some of that where in times of desperation, we tend to hang on to talent longer than we should. And we tend to hire people who really are not going to be good for us. This is, again, us dating the wrong person for the wrong reasons, because we're just because at six o'clock on Saturday night, we're thinking nobody else is going to ask us to prom. So we're going to go with that guy we know is bad for us. That's what a lot of employers are doing. Do not get yourself into the scarcity mindset of this. There are still great people out there to hire, just as as a point. The problem is a lot of organizations are fishing in the same pool, and that is not where the new people are. So I think people are overlooking uh, the over 55 crowd in a big, big way. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of people are in their third and fourth act, and they have already done the corporate world. They've gotten the t-shirts, they've supervised the thousands of people, and now they want a low stress, flexible job, but they're going to show up. They're going to be great at what they do, and they're going to support you a thousand percent. We also need to be looking at those people who need the flexibility, whether it's because of family considerations, whether it's because uh, you know your circadian rhythm just works where you work best from three to midnight, whatever that looks like. We've got to be looking outside the normal, you know, eight to five 
punch the clock, do what you need to do. And I realize that sounds to some people like pandering to this whole flexibility. But I just want to point out in all capacities right now, salary is attracting people to your workplace. The benefits are enticing them, but the flexibility Mm -hmm. and your leadership is what's keeping them. That's right. You know, and I just think about the talent who's worked for little old me over the past decade. And if I did not have that flexibility, I wouldn't wouldn't have these people. Like there's no way because I can't offer what a Fortune 100 company can offer somebody. But what I can offer is, hey, when it's time to go take your kid to the doctor, don't ask me. Just take your kid to the doctor. If your stuff's handled and your calendar's set, just like you tell me that you're taking your kid to the doctor. You can inform me that you're taking, because what difference does it make to me if you're getting your job done? And I, and that's like, to me as a very, uh, my personality type, no matter how you measure it on what, you know, um, psychoanalytic tool you use is just flexible. So if mm-hmm. somebody's a little more like, here's the rule book, here's how things need to be done, crawl in the box. Cause I feel safer when everybody's in the box, I can see that being more difficult. So what are some strategies that you might have for somebody who's more like check the box, dot the I cross the T's. So the number one issue there is trust. Do you trust people to do their job? And I, I wildly trust people until they prove that they cannot be trusted. So I, I kind of approach people like a Labrador puppy. I'm like, okay, everything's going to be great. (laughs) But I, but that's burned me a little bit in the past, but not as often as you would think. And with my team, um, I don't have any set working hours, none. Like here's, here's what I need you to do. Please get it done. That's it. That's all I ask. Uh, and, and give me updates. That's all I ask. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care when you're doing it. Um, that to me, the Hawaiian word for it is kuleana. It's not my sphere of influence. I'm not going to control that. But in an, in a larger organization, a lot of it is, are you trusting your people to do the job you want? And this is where some leaders and managers have pushed back against remote work. And yes, remote work works for some, not everyone. Right. But the big issue there is trust and accountability. If you are trusting your people and they are getting the job done, you need them to get done. Do you really care if it takes them four hours or 20? Really, you don't care as long as as long as the work is of the quality you want. And that's an accountability factor. However, we have to understand that many people went to remote work and then they decided, you know what? I can. It sucks. Well, but some people hate it. And I I very recently talked to a gal who works as a data uh, person for a hospital. And she said, I hate it because every time I want to ask a question, it's like an hour process. Like I have to pull to somebody and I can't find somebody and I can't just walk around and go, hey, am I doing this right? She said, I miss the camaraderie. But there's other remote workers out there. And the percentage at one time was as high as 19% of the people who were working remotely had another full-time remote job. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, the reason you can't get hold of your people and they're doing not so great work is because they're maybe giving you four to six hours a day and they're giving somebody else four to six hours a day. um, And maybe they're just cutting corners and maybe they're hoping you're not going to notice. So then when those people are told to come back to work and all of a sudden they're looking at this lost revenue stream. And the reason we know this exists is because the unemployment numbers are at 3.6%. But the labor force has actually decreased over time. So we know there's people double dipping because the math doesn't make sense. And people in focus groups have admitted this. So the issue is, I don't begrudge those people. Look, there were times when I was working and they said, well, can you get this done? I'm like, sure. And they're like, okay, can you get it done the next three weeks? I'm like, I can have it done in the next 40 minutes. Like, you know, I can get this. I know what to do. Not everybody works to a certain pace on certain things. So 
That then becomes a leadership and management issue. Are your people producing what you want in the time expected for the price you're paying? And that doesn't matter if they're doing it in the office or at home or from a beach, you know, in Mexico, it doesn't matter. So part of that flexibility is how much remote work makes sense. Because we all know people who said, oh, I'm going to do remote work on Fridays and they were not working. They right. were not working. So how do you then manage that? And the answer is you have very frank and open conversations with people and go, look, if this looks more like a four-day work week with 12 hours a day or whatever it is, or 10 hours a day, then that can work if you're also available to talk to our clients on this day. Mm-hmm. But we've all got to make sure that we are doing all the things correctly to make this happen. And that to me uh, remains a challenge. Um, But you also talked about how, um, and I didn't get back to this question, how can leaders lead people through this constant change, which we are suffering with right now? And I would like to just, can I touch on that without being, because this was a very long run on sentence. It's okay. Uh, (laughs) with, With any crisis, challenge, or change, people naturally go through six stages. And the six stages, and think about, say, your your friend's kid gets into a car accident. The first thing you say is, oh, no. Like, that's the first thing your brain goes, oh, no. Your brain does not like to think of bad things happening. That's the rejection stage. And then there's the, the recognition stage. Um, in the short term, what do I need to do? Okay, you know, are they okay? Do you need to go to the hospital? Can I cover something for you? Do you need me to get the kids from school? Go get the dog, bring you a bottle of wine. Like, what do you need me to do in the short term to help you put a Band-Aid fix on this problem? And then we get into the realization phase, which is we are planning for longer term thing. Okay, he broke his leg. He's going to be in the hospital for a couple of weeks. How do we then implement things for a longer term? Because now he can't go back to his construction job. In the realization phase, and think about you know COVID or um, a new leadership change or a new software program, all of a sudden you realize, all right, I have to put, I, maybe I have to get new software. My people need more of my time. Other people need more of my reassurance. It's more, 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 more communication, more specific direction, more pat head, hold paw, more reassurances in this realization phase. We realize the gravity of the situation and what we have to do to get through it. But again, in the rejection, recognition, realization stages, it's all very myopic. It's all circle the wagons. What do I need to protect me, my job, my community, my kids, my friends, what what matters to them? It's very much about me. And then we finally get into that place where we say, okay, we can do this. We'll support each other. We can do this. And this is where we rally each other, stage four. Now, the hard part is where many people stay in those first four stages, And they just keep cycling through, you know, every single morning they pour another cup of coffee and they go, oh no, we're doing, we're still doing this. Oh, now we got monkey pie. And it starts (laughs) go all over again and they can never break out of these first four cycles. It's like they're in that endless loop, you know, of a PowerPoint presentation that just never stops. Our real leaders very quickly get through the first four stages, go, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. And then we get into stage five, which is the new reality stage. Got it. This is the new reality. Kid's got a broken leg. He won't be able to work for six months. This is what this is going to look like. Maybe we've got a new boss. We've got to adapt to the new boss. We're going to have to relocate. We've got a new software update. They get the new reality. They accept it quickly. See, that habenula of our brain, that's the part of our brain that manipulates change. But here's the, here's the funny part of it. It doesn't like it. It says, no, 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 no. See, Amber, status quo got you where you are now. It kept you alive. Things are good. And if you change too much, that's going to be bad. 
Right. But as soon as your brain goes, but we're going to do this. And you make the decision to accept the new reality, to accept that change. The habenula goes, oh, got it. And then your brain moves forward. This is why for people who are struck in between trying to make a decision, like what if you are struggling with making a move across country or what if you are thinking about getting a divorce? Oh, that's the worst place ever because you're not sure if you're going to make that decision. That is, that's a horrible place. If you're, um, I like to liken this. I know I'm, there's a very long run on sentence, but when you're thinking about jumping out of an airplane, you sweat about it. You think about it. You don't sleep the night before you get all geared up and you are sweating. You're nervous. You're, and you're sitting at the back of the plane going, am I going to jump? Am I going to jump? And it's just, it's a horrible place to be because your brain hasn't made the decision to jump. Once you jump, guess what? Nothing you can do about it. Your blood pressure goes down. The anxiety goes away. So in any difficult decision, once you've made that leap to the decision, this is in the reality phase everything gets better. And then that moves in. Doesn't that make a lot of sense? You just gave me like a big aha for myself because I've, I've been told so often throughout my adult life, you're very decisive, Amber. You just, you rip the bandaid off. You just make the choice and you commit to it and you go. But I mean, going all the way back to, you know, being a teen mom, like there weren't a lot of options there. there I, I didn't have time space to like, deal with that friction of what if like I didn't have it to give, like I had to keep things moving forward or else. And, um, and I'm sure, I mean, I'm a very high risk kind of personality anyway, so I'm sure that plays into it, but the way you just described that is like, yep, I, I make choices and I deal with the con uh, educated choices. I don't willy nilly it, but I, I just, it's easier for me to deal with the stress of the consequences than to deal with the stress of being indecisive. Yes. And you just scientifically explained why I love you. <laughs> oh, you're the best. You're the best. I love you. Stage six is the realignment phase. And this is all externally focused. This is how do we support our customers? How do we support our people? How do we help each other? What can we do to help our people manage change? How does this change our strategic leadership? What do we need to do differently moving forward? For example, we know, you know, what's not going to get better in the next year. Supply chain problems. They're not going to get better. We've got a, a shortage. Two years ago, we had a shortage of 8,000 truckers. Now we have a shortage of over 500,000 truckers in our country. Supply, supply chain problems are not getting better. In the short term, inflation is not going to get better. This is going to be, a, this is gonna be a, a, a candy Christmas for a lot of people because the prices are just going to get higher. We're going to see people buying just inelastic goods, things that they can't do without, you know, gasoline and milk and diapers and bread. It's going to be tougher moving forward. So how do we help our people deal with those things that are challenging? And the answer on that in the realignment phase is more, 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 more communication, more transparency, being more open about, hey, I would love to give you a pay raise, but here's what our books look like right now. And the things that you're buying in the grocery store are more expensive and our resources are more expensive as well. Be open about your numbers with your people. A lot of people Amen. will understand if you say, look, I, we just don't know. And we don't, we don't believe we can spend this money right now without this. But here's another thing that I've seen some of my clients do very successfully is, you know, at the Friday meeting, and uh, we strategized about how to do this, um, they just gave people money. And here's how they did it. They said, look, we know times are tough right now. We're not sure what we can do in the long term. While we would love to think about pay raises and all that other stuff, because we're worried about inflation too, we're worried about inflation too. So my advice to them was go to your bank and get a whole bunch of $500 visa cards so that people don't have to worry about the tax you know, implications and pass them out and just say, thank you. Here's a $500 visa card. Um, and so it's 
just like a, a little shot in the arm. It's, hey, we get your pain. We're sorry. Now, does it have to be $500? No, it can be a $20, you know, Walmart card. It a gas card. A gas card. Anything. Nothing says I love you in 2022, like a gas gift card. <laughs> it totally is right. It's totally right. But we have to somehow empathize with people in the place they're in. And we also want to make sure that they are not looking for another job because that job might pay them a dollar more per hour. Yeah. And it's one of those things where you where you have to be very, very open and say, right now, I want to give and talk to HR, talk to leadership. Um, there's a thing called the theory of efficiency wages that says that you pay your people as much as you possibly can, specifically for that reason, so that they increase their loyalty to you and they're not looking for another job. If you've got three contractors and one's working for $10 an hour, one's working for $20 an hour, and one's working for $50 an hour, the client who's paying them $50 an hour is going to get the most attention first. That's right. So that's just reality. It's not that it's people respond to incentives. So as leaders, we have to remember that our people are responding to incentives and they're responding to this constantly changing workforce, community time, family time, new dynamics. And change for a lot of people is really, really hard. For most people, it's hard. It's so hard. So we as leaders have to help our people by reassuring them of the things we can reassure, by helping them understand that we understand the situation they're in. And that means we have to understand it. It means more conversations, especially at a time when you don't feel like you've got the time for more conversations. Right. Guess what? You're tired too. And for those people, I'm like, get a monster drink, have some more coffee, have the conversations. You've got to lead strong and we have never needed strong leadership more. And and it's, well, I won't get on that diatribe. I, I wrote my post for social media last night and something that we talk about a lot um, in my practice is um, is encouraging a culture of highly visible leaders. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean? That means that whether you're in the in the office together, just walking by everyone's office or cube and saying like, good morning, how are you? Like, how was the softball tourney this weekend? Whatever, be show that you care, Mm -hmm. have your one-on-ones if you're, if you're virtual, because so many one-on-ones get canceled. And I'm like, well, why, why haven't you had a one-on-one in three months? Well, it's just so busy. It's, you know, we, I'm like too busy to be on the same page and communicate progress and and help people make sure they have all the tools and resources they need to do their jobs. You're too busy for, okay, okay, let's rethink this. And, you know, just being online virtually, like being on Slack, being on Microsoft Teams, whatever you want, touch base with your people like individually. Hey, I expect you to be logged off at 5.30 today. I noticed all last week you we worked late and you deserve, let's just, let's pick one day. What day this week are you going to see what they're doing? Because that recognition, the recognition can be through financial compensation. The recognition could simply be, I see what's happening in your world and it sucks and I can't really do anything about it, but I honor that you're trudging through it. And I'm grateful that you're trudging through it. And if there's anything I can do, I'm going to try to find it to help you. Highly visible leaders in a season that we're going in, right? We're enduring, I won't say going into, I think is probably one of the most critical pieces. And that means you have to put your shiz on the shelf because it's not about you. No, no, it's not. And if we think about people like, like dogs, Dogs need when it when there's a thunderstorm, they need your reassurance. Pat head, hold paw. It's going to be okay. When they're scared, they look to you for guidance. Mm-hmm. 
People are the same way. We, we look to other people for reassurance and guidance. And if you're the leader and you're not there to look at, your people are going to look to the people around them. And that may not be the best place for them to look. They may be listening to the person who says, you know, this workplace is terrible. We all need to be getting better jobs. That's right. and being, all of a sudden, rumor, innuendo, and gossip is what people believe in the absence of strong leadership. So what I tell people all the time is don't be afraid to lead your people and be strong. I'm, even when you think people would know. So on the back of my dog shampoo bottle, it, there's actually something that says, remember a tip. Once your pet is slippery and wet, he or she is suddenly faster and smarter than you are. So <laughs> close all the doors before you give them a bath. Like it's, We all know this, but sometimes you just need that reminder of, oh yeah, I need to close the door. Like little stuff. There's a reason you have a sticker on your computer that says drink water. Help people stay focused with those reminders that you as the leader can provide. I love it. I love it. And, and I think, um, you know, having the, 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 the step that I find most leaders skip in the morning is, um, creating their own agenda. Mm-hmm. It is spending time with themselves first. It's setting their own agenda. And, and to your point, I mean, it's, it's PR 101, there you go. So I got, I've, I've got my digital version. Um, I, I am a handwriter person as well, but last night I just honestly didn't feel like getting up to go get my thing. So I did it in, in Google drive, but, um, PR 101, public relations 101 is like that it exists because if you don't frame the narrative, somebody else will. Mm-hmm. And so companies do this, um, oh, well, we'll just, you know, we're not going to address it. And that's like literally the worst you could possibly do because somebody else will, somebody else will tell the story. Somebody else will get that gossip going. And it's the same thing in, in cultures and in employer brands. So mm-hmm. as you set the day and you're considering your personal brand, which is going to influence the function of, of not just your department, but truly through the whole company, depending on, on the size, um, because that is a rippling effect. Like decide like, who am I going to be today? What's my attitude going to be today? What am I hopeful for about today? What do I need to get done today? What do I need to get done this week? Who do I need to check in with? Who, who is slipping away from me? I can feel it. They're, they're not engaged. I feel them slipping. What do I need to do to handle that? Who is my rock star that I don't want to forget about that? I want to make sure that I say thank you to that. I keep encouraging that I don't let slip through the cracks simply because I don't have to worry about them. When you set your agenda like that, oh, yes. What's what you got? You got Amazon I just, cards. I just went and got a handful of Amazon cards that I am sending out to my people because I just want to say thanks. Yeah. And it's those little surprise things where that they just know you're thinking about them. Um, it can be anything, you know, just it can be anything. Uh, and you're absolutely right. You don't want those people slipping away. Once you feel like they're slipping away, you know, it's, again, it's kind of like that boyfriend who started looking at other people. You don't want them looking. You want them happy and productive, and you want them to understand that you're backing them and you're backing them as best as you possibly can. And that is better than most. And so you're trying to help people. And it's not just monetary things during monetary times. It just shows concern and care and empathy and sympathy. And if you just give people a gift card, that's not that's great, but it's not fantastic. It's lip service. It's lip service. But if you put that inside a card and say, hey, I just know you're going through a little bit of a time. We, you know, a lot of us are, and I just want to let you know how much 
your present, what you did last week with client XYZ was just fantastic. And I want to let you know, it's noticed, it's really appreciated. And, you know, please let me know if there's anything you want to talk about, if there's anything I can do to help, like just letting them know you care. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And, and I, that's what I love about you. You're just real. You just say, you just say what it is. And, um, and that's, that is I, to me, the greatest way to learn and the greatest way to do business is to just be transparent. So before, before I tell everyone the, the ways that they can get in touch with you and, um, and the guide that you have to offer, I always like to ask guests the same question. Um, and it doesn't have to be about what we talked about today. It can truly be about anything. And, and this podcast was created to help professional women become more bold, brave, and unwaveringly confident as professionals. And we have adopted our bombshell boys. So we do have male listeners too, who resonate um, with the message. So before we part ways, or before I tell people how to get a hold of you, what is your parting piece of advice for a bombshell? Every single day, get up and do the thing that is going to matter most in your business. Mm. Sometimes that's making those sales calls you don't want to make. Sometimes that's reaching out to your people. Sometimes that's answering that email you didn't want to do. (laughs) And every single day, look at what's going to matter most to your business and do that thing first. Mm. Um, Procrastination is not going to help you get there. That's right. Love it. And and there are days where I'm going to replay that in my own brain. <laughs> so, so Mary can be reached at uh, Mary at ProductiveLeaders.com. Um, she's on Facebook, LinkedIn. You know how I feel about LinkedIn, Bombshell. We do business on LinkedIn. So get off a of TikTok. A third of your TikTok time, I want you to commit to LinkedIn where you can be that bold, brave, unwaveringly confident woman. Um, she's on Twitter and Instagram, and we will have all of those handles in the show notes. And of course, she can be found at ProductiveLeaders.com. And she's offering the five-minute leadership guide, um, and we'll put that link to get that free resource as well in the show notes, which can be found at AmberHurdle.com forward slash podcasts with an S. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what's in that five minute leadership guide? So this is a this is a compilation of my 12 month business success and accountability planner. I use it every single day. I drink my own Kool-Aid because it works. When I put this together for my sales teams, all of a sudden I went, oh, I should really use this. Yeah. So this is um it is a package that my team sells for a couple hundred bucks. Your audience is getting it for free. Mm-hmm. And in it are these five minute success pages. So it's things on things your people care about right now. So it's focus and productivity and team building and employee engagement and all of that. You're getting this huge vault of material. That's amazing. Thank you so much for that. That is, I know will bless many, many people and many, many businesses. And the rippling effect of that will be tremendous. So Bombshell, you know, I say this um, when I have one of my friends on and I just love having smart friends. And Mary Kelly is definitely at the top of the pack of my smart quote, smart friends. I'm doing air quotes on YouTube. Uh, so thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your savviness and your education and just your, um, your grit with us. I appreciate you being on the show. Amber, I learn from you every single time I get a chance to talk to you. I adore you. I, I exalt all the things you're doing and I brag about you as one of my friends all the time. So thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you. 
well, bombshells, you know what to do. Go to amberherla.com forward slash podcast with an S. Check out the show notes. Make sure you connect with Mary. You will learn oodles from her. I'm sure you did on the show. You can't even more with her posts on social media. And um, if you are on the newsletter, then hit me back. You know, I love hearing about how you responded. I like to share it with our guests. I like to know what your takeaways are, because not only does that help me bring that content to you and be more intentional and meet your needs needs and not just willy-nilly do different shows because that's what it feels good to me. It also will help Mary understand what she needs to keep talking about in the marketplace and what resonates. So when you do that for us, then you help bombshells all over the world because we'll keep expanding that. Um, like, share, subscribe, send to a friend who needs to hear this today. This one I think is a very important one and a very timely one. Thank you for your listenership. I know you could be spending your time so many different ways and you're spending it with me and my fantastic guests today and you are treasured. I will see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Bombshell Business Podcast. Visit amberhurdle.com for more resources like show notes and check out the bombshellbusinesswoman.com to grab my book and download the free bonuses.